As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shakeups Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay will and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Mondays is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Well, first of all, I should be wearing a hat because I knew all the answers. Did you really know all the answers? No. Okay. <laughs> it's like, wow. You know what a, did, you know, did you know what a Sooner was? Uh, yes. You did? Yes. That okay. one, I, I, I read uh, um, the Anderson book. Oh, Boomtown. So, yeah. There yeah, boomtown. Yeah, I knew the capital. I knew the flag. I knew. Um, I didn't know the the, the bird. You know the bird. But when you said park, I could have, like, arrived to that answer. Brahms. Yeah, probably. I always hear you talking about Brahms. So. <laughs> oh man! Uh, some quick announcements. If you guys have any interest in seeing this same video that we're talking about, where I ask the Thunder players, how Oklahoma they are. I have one with Shay that I'm holding hostage. And I also have one with for, with Jay Will that I'm holding hostage as well. Both are very good. I'm holding them both hostage until we get at least 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. So um, we're almost there. I think we're 100 and change away, um, which is up. I think we needed like 400 on Friday. So we've gotten quite a few over the weekend, but uh, not quite good enough so it's ready it's sitting on my desktop right now i'm looking right at it and if you guys want to see it go subscribe to youtube our youtube channel uh hit the like button share our page uh maybe tweet it out maybe put it on your facebook who knows who knows who could subscribe grab your mom's phone subscribe from her phone when she doesn't even know it um whatever you got to do to get us to five thousand, then i will release the Shea Gilgis Alexander, How Oklahoma Are You video. 
So look for that. Also coming up on October 25th, which is in like 16 days. My goodness. Uh, we're doing a watch party for the very first Thunder game at Bar K. It's uh, downtown uh, in OKC. You can, if you want to bring your dog, you can bring your dog. If you don't want to bring your dog, you certainly don't have to. Um, but you can also just know that like the area that we're hanging out in doesn't have dogs in it at all. So this is like the the restaurant and bar area that has a bunch of place, a bunch of TVs and places to sit. And then if you want to one have a guaranteed place to sit, and two want to hang out with us during the game and watch the game with us and get a cool T-shirt, you can go to our um, our page to buy that. Go to our Twitter account. The link is in the bio for that. Um, so please go check that out. And then another announcement, Down to Dunk Night is on November 14th against the San Antonio Spurs. It is an in-season tournament game, and it's going to be so much fun. So be sure to get your tickets for that. That's on our Twitter account and also my personal Twitter account. I'll push that up to the top again today. Uh, seats are limited. I think we've, we've sold a ton of seats, and there's not a whole lot left. What you get if you if you do that, one, you'll get to meet up with us before the game. Uh, we are going to have a meal together at Spark, and then we're going to walk over to the game, and then we're going to watch the game together, which will be joyful. And then we will get to meet up on the court after the game to take a picture, big group, down-to-dunk picture, and then shoot a half-court shot for free tickets to a future Thunder game. So, lots of housekeeping. But uh, the main thing, McKelly, is that the uh, Thunder play a game tonight here in Oklahoma City. Wow. I, w- I will be there. It's the San Antonio Spurs. It's Victor Wimbanyama versus Chet Holmgren. Um, I believe both are going to play, maybe. We'll see. Um, mm-hmm. But it's very interesting. And, and heading into this, I have five questions. Five preseason questions about the Thunder. Um, we're going to start with the first one. Uh, Shady Gilders Alexander is not going to play tonight. My question wah, to you. Wah, wah. I know, it's kind of a bummer. Uh, but my question to you is who appears to be the primary creator? You know, if you, I think if we asked Mark Dagnall this question, who's the primary creator, I, I think he would say, like, we don't have one. You know, we have lots of them. But in your opinion, who appears to be the primary creator on this team with Shea out. Is it Giddy or is it Jalen Williams? I think that the answer here is pretty simple. Uh, in my eyes, Giddy will have a ton of possessions, uh, at least to start the season. Um, I think that J-Dub will have many points, but I'm not sure if he will be as much on ball as a primary creator. I can really see the Thunder maneuvering in such a way that J-Dub takes the ball uh, after a few actions, like say Giddy starts with a pick and roll, then reverse the field, and then J-Dub attacks and finishes. Um, in, in Suppose that that is the action that repeats itself for 10 times. Who's creating more? I mean, Giddy is surely initiating the possession, but J-Dub is creating as much by attacking uh, the second line of defense. So I think that that will be the case with Shea out. Yeah, I... I am very intrigued. I don't. I think it will probably be Giddy, um, but I think that there's a chance that J Dub. I mean, the way that J Dub looked 
in that mm-hmm. that summer league game, that first summer league game was just like, whoa. Like this looks like an NBA star. And I'm curious if he shows that again tonight against the likes of Devin Vassell and guys like that. Um, so I'm very, I'm very intrigued to see what that looks like. I think I want to see like Chet, how involved he is in these actions. And mm-hmm. that, that to me is going to be very intriguing. Obviously like anything with Chet <laughs> is going to be really fascinating to watch. Um, but who's like the offense, the initiator? And I think they're gonna, it's not going to be one person the whole time. But I would, I can imagine that Giddy's going to be doing it an awful lot. I know my video is fuzzy. I don't know what's going on with my internet right now. It's a, it's a conundrum to me because, uh, but I'm going to try to work on it while Michele gives his thoughts on the way that maybe Chet looks next to those guys. Um. I think that Chet is the most fascinating uh, player that we are going to watch tonight. Um, I think that he is the number of pick and rolls and actions that he runs with Kitty is one of the things that is most uh, interesting to me uh, because I see that J-Dub, J-Dub is kind of the guy who works well anyway and anywhere. Um, but I, I really want to see how how much JW and Giddy play the two, sorry, um, Chet and Giddy play the two-man game. But back to your initial question, I thought, well, of course it's Giddy. But then I went back to those games in the winter slash early spring when JW was the guy when Shea was out. And in those games, it used to end a lot. So... I don't know. Uh, I mean, I still think that the primary possessions, like the initiator, the real initiator of a possession, like the, like the guy who handles the ball from the rebound to uh, the opponent half court, is going to be Giddy. Um, and, and he will try to have Chet involved immediately in many actions. Uh, but I also think that the JDub, in terms of usage, will, will have close to the same figure that Giddy has. Um, back to chat. Something that I want to see uh, tonight. How, well, well, not I want to see, that I will monitor tonight. Um, one, I want to monitor the number of possessions where he tries to create for himself and others, yeah. like we saw in, in certain possessions here and there. The second one, I don't know how many things I said I should monitor, but uh, I'll give the list. The second one is how many lobs and in general pick and roll possessions that he run directly. So you have a screen, uh, Giddy penetrates, and it's Chat finishing, and also the pick and pops. I really want to see how Chat will handle these three things, uh, in which he, I mean, he looks he looked good at times in summer league. Uh, creating, I was he looked much better at, at finishing just simple plays. So, I, I wonder what his distribution will be tonight. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I wonder because the thing that Chet told me on uh media day, the thing that he's better at today than he was his last game at Gonzaga was creating with the ball in his hands, which I thought was like a really mm-hmm. interesting answer. And I know that he's talking and very scary. Why is that scary to you? Because it means that he will try a lot. And he was not, he was awesome last year's summer league. This year's summer league, a little bit less. I don't know if this is just, hey, I'm getting back to form. Yeah. Um, or it's just, hey, 
like the first time here nobody know nobody knew that i could do that yeah yeah i i don't know i'm i'm curious especially against Wembenyama because i do think that there is a chip on his shoulder to a degree about mm-hmm. all the Wembenyama talk and the fact that he's this like generational prospect and he is like he's all of that but i think chet takes some of that a little personally and he's uber competitive mm-hmm. and they're similar like similar kinds of player you know like they're, they're similar in a lot of ways and so i'm just curious what that looks like uh on the court tonight and it's probably going to be in small spurts if at all <laughs> i assume that both are going to play and mm-hmm. but we're not this isn't going to be like it is on november 14th when they're playing on national television for uh, this in-season tournament, you know, it's, this is preseason where the more pressing issue is not who's better, Wimbenyama or Chet. Like the more pressing issues for both teams is like who's going to make the roster and how are we yeah. shaping the team up and maybe look at a few different rotations and how does that look? Um, so, yeah, but I, I am curious to see. That's one of my other questions is how much of Chet the creator do we see tonight? And I'm extremely curious to see what that looks like, just because he voiced that that's something that he's better at. And if you feel like you're better at something, then oftentimes you're trying to showcase it. And so I I assume we're going to see some of that. And I wish I wish we got to see him with Shea, because we haven't seen Chet and Shea, that combination at all. We've seen Chet play with these other two guys, but we've never seen Chet play with Shea and I think that will unlock a lot for both players Um, so I'm very very curious I'm going to go (laughs) we might even hit pause real quick as I do this but you can talk and I'm gonna go um, see what I can do about this problem I'm having with my internet for those of you that are tuned in on the YouTubes BRB so um, regarding Chet's ability to create i mean i said scary not because i'm actually scared about chat trying out stuff uh especially in preseason i really want to see that i'm scared because i i mean i want that to come naturally during the season which i think it will to some degree um but the spirit the competitive spirit that andrew mentioned uh before going i don't know where uh is I think something that will will push him to do a lot of stuff with the ball in his hands. And again, I'm not sure about the results, so I'm a bit worried. But also, I mean, I I need to review in my mind the expectations for this season. If Chad tries, this season is terrible at creating. Who cares in the general, in the grand scheme of things? Uh, the point for this season is for him to explore and to be the best version of himself in two, three years, not tomorrow. Following the Thunder, we should be really mindful about, yeah, this season feels important, but it's more important that Chet finds the best version of himself and is able to express the best version of himself. Um, so again, worried maybe is the wrong word here. It's I'm curious and a little bit more, I'm a little bit, um, how can I say, anxious to see the results because they were so incredibly good against Utah um, 15 months ago. 
And it was a mixed bag in Summer League. So I don't know what to expect. It was one game, but I still remember myself giggling on the sofa and saying, wow, this is it. Um, speaking of weird things, um, I've watched this morning the Pacers. And for some reason, Jarris Walker played just in the second half. That was that was quite weird. Um, so yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I, I would be very, very surprised if Kazem Wallace played just in the second half. Like no burn with the first unit, no burn with Dort, but with Giddy, with Jade up. I would be actually surprised. So I I don't know. Uh that that thing actually caught my eyes uh this morning um I, while I was watching Steven Adams because every time I can I do. Um let's see, let's handle a couple of your questions since Andrew is not here anyway. Well he can't he can say no to that. Uh, and we'll start with Lawrence Field. Um, does Ooze have a defined role or does he have to find reps with the blue? I think that both can be true. I see Ooze as a versatile forward that can sometimes play in very big uh, lineups where he's a kind of a wing, more so than a forward. Uh, and I think that he will he might get reps with the blue. But it's not about the role, it's about having reps, having time on the court, more so than having a defined role. Uh, second question from Lawrence Field. Has Dort learned to not go all Dort at the rim? Um, I would guess no. Uh, my guess, though, is that he will have more room to get to the rim because he will be guarded by a lesser, even lesser opponent, and space will be there for him much better than it, than it was this year, mainly because of Chad Holmgren. Uh, Lawrence has many questions. Uh, does Giddy actually get calls when he drives? I bet that he get gets more than last season. How many? I don't know. Three? Three free throws per game? 3.2? Something like that. I would actually... I, I'm not a betting guy, so I, I would actually not, not, um, not bet on that at all. Um, let's go to Chase Minden. Will we get an updated intro from this year's media day? I hope so. Um, let's see other questions. These are, these are for Andrew. Uh, Andrew video is frozen, right? Yes. I hope stock 69. Um, let's see other question oh, from Lawrence Field again. Who do you have playing more games? Chet or Wemby? Um, I guess, I guess that I don't know. It will be probably, I would bet below 70 for both, uh, with Chet being marginally higher in my ranking. Uh, I don't think that, that either will play a lot. Um, well, 68, 69 is, I would, I would be completely satisfied, satisfied if Chet, um, plays these many games. Um, Again, Lawrence Field. Now Andrew is completely gone. Miki, I'm about to Italian fried eggplant that after frying I will paint with script. Okay. I don't know. Um, fondue, pomodoro. I mean, pomodoro with, with eggplant is fine. Um, you, can't, you can't go bad with that. Um, other stuff. Michele, will you be at Down to Dunk night? No. Oh, man, I wish no. you were. Hey, look at you. Now I can see you perfectly. Okay. I think I'm I think I did it. At least I'm hoping I did it. Uh thanks for holding down the fort. Uh 
What uh, what'd you get into? You talk Wimby chat a little bit. Yeah, not much. I just answered a few questions here in the chat about yeah. stuff. Yeah, uh, I was getting into Wemby chat games played this season. Yeah, I bet that both will play less than seventy, but yeah, I bet chat a little bit. But for tonight, no. Uh, I expect chat to be a little bit feisty. Yeah, I do too. And 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 I, I cannot wait to see it. I cannot wait to see just the look in his eye getting out on the court yeah. tonight. And I know it's preseason, but I think like he's been itching for this for a long time. And it's on NBA TV. Um, like there's gonna be a lot of people there, you know. There's a, a lot of eyes on this game. Like Brian Windhorst from ESPN is in Oklahoma City tonight. Uh, so there's just like, wow. a, a lot of like really fun things about it. <laughs> it's gonna, I, I have to do this. <laughs> that's a good call. Uh, I'm a, I'm very excited. That that to me is like the number one thing. Like Chet versus Wimby. I know it's it's like the low hanging fruit, but it's also like holy smokes. Like this is a true NBA story, and yeah. it's going to be really interesting to see in person what that looks like. Also, a question that I have for the preseason and for this game is how many people are at this game tonight? Because last season, mm-hmm. and like a kind of a low key storyline was that there just weren't that many people that showed up to Paycom night in night out, mm-hmm. and. It was a little bit better toward the end of the season just because they were better in general, but um, it's not like the loud city that people know and um, that people talked about in the beginning. Like it died down significantly. Are people back? I think is a really interesting question that I want to know. Is are people What's showing the up? Total attendance. So 18,000. Um, like 18,000 like 18, and change. What do you expect for tonight? It's Wimby Chet. If we can't Damn. get here for Wimby Chet, then I I don't know. I don't you know. expect like full full arena tonight? I mean, maybe not because it's preseason, but mm. it better look full. It better feel full. Okay. Because if you can't get excited for Wimby Chet Holmgren, then I don't I don't know what's going to get you excited. Like this, it's, I don't know. Chet and Wemby in a couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, I think people will be more excited for it then in November. But come on. Come on. Come on! All right. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, next question. With SGA out, who is the fifth starter? I bet it is Ooze. Oh, Interesting. Yeah, I would. I would actually. I mean, I. I don't. I'm not sure if I would bet it's ooze is the right wording. I really hope it's ooze mm-hmm. because it makes sense. I mean, to have a guy that is a versatile wing that can play three four two three four. Yeah, and and it's just there. He needs minutes. Um, I would like to see how he how he works uh, with um, with Chet with Dort. Mm-hmm. With JW and, and Giddy, I think that will be my choice if I had to if I had to pick one. Kind of the funny thing is that there's a ton of options <laughs> for, the, for yeah. this. I I mean, tell me if any of these would su- like stop me if it would surprise you. Uh, Mitsich isn't playing tonight either. Yeah, um, which is disappointing because I, I mean that's another fun debut, but we'll save it for another time. Uh, yeah. Case and Wallace, a bit, yeah. 
it will surprise me a bit. Isaiah Joe. I was just mentioning when when you were oh. out that mm-hmm. I I watched this morning Pacers Memphis. The, yeah, the, the majority of it, and Jarris Walker didn't play until like the second half. Yeah, which was completely. It's, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I mean, it's Rick Carlisle, so yeah, it's so know. weird. And so with Kazen, it will be very weird for me if he doesn't play until the second half. Yeah, but I I would not. Bet. I I I can see him being the first slash second sub off the bench. Mm-hmm. I yeah. can see that. Yeah, I think that's possible. Um, Isaiah Joe, I'm not at all. Be. Yeah, wouldn't be surprised at all. I also would not be surprised. Uh, Aaron Wiggins. Yeah, a bit surprised. Kenrich Williams. Not at all. Yeah, that's almost my pick. Um, yeah, but why? I mean, I bet Kenny plays like two and a half minutes tonight. Uh, Kenny hadn't been on the court for a while. Just, just as a nod yeah, to him. Yeah, maybe so. Just as maybe a so. nod to him. Like, hey, you know what? Also, they're going to need... And this is where maybe Jay Will gets to start because they're going to start Zach Collins. Yeah. Ew. Come on. No, no, no. Platt has Chet has to play the five strictly. But yeah, Jay Will is an option. They I, will have to play together at some point. So Yeah, yeah. Um, but Kenrich would be a fun one. Like Ken, I think a Kenrich Chet pairing is a very interesting one that we don't talk about much mm-hmm. because Kenrich is not in like the the category of new, exciting, fun, crazy upside player. But the idea of a closing lineup that has Kenrich instead of Dort and Kenrich is at the four <gasps> is really what are you saying? Like, wow. O- offensively. Wow. Offensively, <laughs> if Kenrich continues to shoot it pretty well from three, it's an interesting option. Oh, I'm all in for that, you know. And, I mean, I, I've said it multiple times. And, like, times, if you just but... need physicality up front specifically, like, if you're playing a team that has, like, some some size, you yeah. can counter And not that Kenrich is big. Like, he's only 6'6", but you can he counter that a little bit with the physicality that's there. Um, so I'm, I'm interested in that idea because we just have, we haven't talked a whole lot about that. I mean, you could even keep Dort in and sit somebody else too. And like have this like Uber defensive lineup. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love the first version of it. Don't, don't ruin it. <laughs> By the way, what are the chances that Ooze play and start some Wemby defensively? <sighs> That's so it. Chet can so Chet can be the help guy. Well, they don't want to pull him away from the rim, which is why like the Chet Wimby matchup is kind of fascinating in itself. Because I think if you're using Chet as like your defensive anchor, you want to keep him at the rim yeah, as much that's as possible. I, I was thinking about that. And Wimby is a perimeter player, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> For a seven foot five guy, like he's a perimeter player, and it's kind of freaky. And yeah, I don't think that's out of the question. I don't think it's out of the question that Kenrich starts on him or Uth starts on him or Wiggins or even Dort. You know, I don't know. Like, it's going to yeah. be fascinating to see how every single team in the league defends this guy because yeah. it's going to be so I mean, weird. Uth is tall. Uth is really tall, and he's taller than he was last season. So Taller. Wow. I think he's like it, a legit. I think, yeah, I think he's like a legit 6'11. Wow. So that is, it is interesting. I want to see, because he even answered that he wanted to be better with his physicality. 
which is like a great answer. And it's what we all wanted to hear. But now it's, you can say it as much as you want, but what does it look like on the court? Um, I'm very curious. Um, question for you. Mm-hmm. If the only data point that you have on Jang is the Vegas Summer League, yeah. how insanely excited would you be about him? Oh, I think it would be, th- if he was like a rookie heading into this season and that's what we mm-hmm. saw, I think it would be through the roof. I think I would be talking about him as if he were a potential Paul George kind of guy. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, versatility, on-ball skills, step-back threes. God, that one um, game, was it against the Pacers? Where yeah, he yeah, was yeah, just, oh my gosh. Like it was, it, it felt like a, it felt like a ooze fever dream. Yeah, it was not different from the Chet game against, well, a little bit worse than the Chet game against Utah, where it yeah. was, oh, yeah. So, um, my point is, Uzi is extremely young. Yeah. Extremely young. And even if I don't want to say that he's going to be that player, because that would be maddening and just stupid, um, I think that we should be a little bit excited about the first 10 games of Usman Jeng, because we will really see a lot from him. Say 20 games, 25 games. Yeah. I mean, J-Dub had a horrible summer league compared to what Jeng had last year. And slowly but surely became like a very reliable, strong player because he's way older. He's, I think, three years older than Usman Jeng. Yeah. I'm not not sure that is correct. Maybe two years, Uh, two and a half. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember. But anyway, isn't Jeng 2004? And give you 2003, or am I shifting everything one year? No, I think you're shifting. Yeah, Us is to 03, and then Giddy is, uh, gosh, that is so weird. 02. He's 02. Yeah. And J Dub is 2000? Dub is 2001. One. So it's just two years. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. But anyway, he's still very young. God, the fact that Us, May 21st, 2003, I remember that year too well. I'm so old. Yeah. Um, it was the, in Italy, it was the summer of heat. Uh, is that right? Oh, yeah. It was extremely hot. I remember like playing uh, soccer um, in at 2 p.m. In, in the afternoon, just being a disaster. But anyway, yeah. Uh, fun times. Yeah. Hmm. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. 
When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful design objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, next question. Do we even you get you said Oos. I think I said Kenrich or J Will is the way that I yeah. think it will go. Um okay. Who is the major standout off the bench? Not even necessarily in this just this one game, but in the preseason, you know, we will be hyping up which player off the bench. Oh, this this answer will be so vanilla and so meaningless for the rest of the season, but I think it's Trey Man. Oh, I think the three men will have a great preseason. Yeah, just sixteen points per game, forty-two percent from three, fifty-two percent from two. Just amazing, and well, I don't know. I don't know what happens in the regular season, but he has not so many shot of on making anything happening this season. He has to hit and hit hard and hit immediately, otherwise he's gone. But I bet that he has a a great great preseason. Yeah, he was great in summer league as well, like super in summer league, but also a thirty-year player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he is definitely the forgotten piece of this team, and I think a lot of it is that people have mentally already moved on from him. Mm-hmm. And I I can't say <laughs> with authority that it's true or untrue that that you should do that because I do think that they the Thunder are genuinely moving into the preseason with an open mind on what can be with guys like Trey, Isaiah, and they call him Zay. Trey, Zay, and Mitic. I think that they're like I think you have to go into it with a, a very open mind. Because sometimes there is like a sophomore slump um, that happens that's genuine. And guys just aren't that good. And if he comes back and he's motivated, Trey Mann has a lot more talent than Isaiah Joe does. And I'm very curious to see um, to see what that looks like with him. Because I do think he's going to get a chance. If I were to bet, I would still think that he's closer. He's cl- he's he's still on like the list of players that I think will will be cut. And we'll talk. He's in the bubble there. Yeah, he's definitely on the bubble. And if he's awesome in the preseason, and maybe he's awesome in camp, he could be the one that sticks around. And it's, you know, we'll talk about it here in a second. But he could he could stick around. He could he could make Mm -hmm. the case. And he could, if he just shoots the ball really well and competes on defense, he could take Isaiah Joe's spot in the rotation. Like that's not out of the question because he can create with the ball in his hands a lot better. And this team still needs a six-man type of guy. And he 
he could still theoretically um so he could still theoretically do that. So yeah, Mitsich will bring some of that. Yeah, he being will. a six man, being a creator, the spark of the bench. But but like it's 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 to be seen if he can score at a high level in the NBA. Uh, so for Trey, but Trey has a weapon that is clearly there. The step back three is there. So yeah, I'm extremely curious um, to see how he how he plays. If he's already moved on himself, or if he's there, focused, rejuvenated in terms of uh, like being there with his mind, and and we'll see. I mean, I really hope because again, Trey's step back and generally the ability to create off the dribble is something that any team needs off the bench. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, that's why they drafted him. They drafted him because he could be a microwave scorer and because he has the most insane step back. Yeah. Like, that's why you, that's why you draft uh, a guy like Trey Mann. And if he can get back to looking like he did at the end of the, his rookie season, like, man, I, th- I think it's possible. Do I think it's likely? No. I don't think it's likely. Mm-hmm. Is it possible? Yes. That brings us to our next question. Who's going to get cut? Because it's going to happen maybe before we podcast next for Down to Dunk. As we we may know what is going on there, or there may be a trade or something. But give me your prediction. Um, I'll, I'm about to say something very stupid, but I don't see Poku being a sure thing for next year. Yeah, he's not my first name. I think mm-hmm. that uh, Oladipo and Jerry are my first two names, and I would. Unless something crazy happened in preseason, I just don't see a space for Jerry. I just don't. I mean, he he was quite bad. Mm-hmm. He was much worse than Trey Mann last season, I think. Um, with Trey Mann, you see that the skill, you see that thing. If if that comes back, we we looked into the stats of Trey Mann last season, and if you remove, if you replace the thirty one percent with a forty percent, thirty eight percent, you have a a great player <laughs> to have on your bench. He was just inefficient, which is not just because this is exactly why you need a guy like Tamman to be efficient, to be a shooter. But at least the type of shots that he should take were there for most part. With 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 JRE, I just I just don't see that. I just don't see the flow with other guys. I just don't see stuff that keep him on the court. Defensively, which should be his calling card. Mm-hmm. He was he was not good. Uh, so, or not impactful, at least. So, to me, he is the candidate number one. Oladipo, I think it's a foregone conclusion. I mean, Presti said as much that they will try to. He's not with the team. Any, to me, it was very clear. I don't remember exactly the wording. It's not really. Yeah, I think something. they're going to trade him. Yeah, I think they're going to trade him. Trading or, or just cut him? You think that they are going to trade him? I think there's a good chance that they trade him. Yeah, um, and maybe it's something like uh, the trade with uh, the Rockets last season where you had four players and you just cut four players. Yeah. And you gain a little bit on salary or on some picks or whatever. My read is that there are going to be so many teams that are trying to duck the tax next summer that it would it would be a little... It'd be, it may, maybe there's nothing out there. That's totally possible. But my assumption is that there might, there might be something out there where it's mm-hmm. money that extends into next season 
with a team that they're just like, we've got to avoid these tax penalties. And I wonder if there's something out there where they just take a second round pick, trade Oladipo, and get back a player that has a, a deal that extends after this year where it doesn't really impact the Thunder that much, but they can continue to stack assets. So I yeah. I would be a little surprised if this all ended in them just cutting guys. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's certainly on the table. Uh, but I just know Sam to be somebody that tries to squeeze the juice out of every asset possible. <laughs> and so yeah. I'm... That's and that's only just because of what he's done in the past that I'm saying this. I'm not yeah. saying this because I have like insider knowledge about it. I don't, but I'm curious to see what that looks like. Um, Andrew Lopez from ESPN is reporting that uh, Jeremy Sohan and Keldon Johnson will be out tonight. Yeah. Everybody else is a go. So Wimby versus Chet is a go. Book it. Yeah, so the third name, uh, I'm really torn. Today, I would not be able to to give an answer. Treyman seems like the name, but if you look about on-court production, it's not that Poku is much, much different. Um, he's injured, which which is a bummer. Uh, he has been injured a lot yeah. for the past 12 months. And we love him. We love the idea of him. Um, but there is a... Re- his plus minus with the team is just insanely bad. Um, even last season where stuff seemed to start working. Um, and so I don't know if OKC will have time to say, okay, let's see if things are kind of working again. Especially when you when you have other guys that play similar roles where you need to have time. Like I would play Jang 50, no, sorry, 50, 25 uh, minutes per night, 28 minutes per night. Just just go out and play. And so I, I also wonder, um, is there is there a way to to move on to move on from Poku? Is is this the right choice? I I don't know today. But I think that that thing is in place. Uh, I would guess they'd keep Poku around. Like I can mm-hmm. see them letting go of Jeremiah and Oladipo, Jeremiah, and Jack White. Jack White. Yeah, yeah. Jack White is the other name, of course. You know, like, those are the three names that make the most sense to me now. Now, maybe we have a Kendrick Williams situation in our hands with Jack White, and he gets on the court and is like, oh, like, this guy's physical. He's shooting it pretty good. Like, why would we get rid of that guy? And then maybe it is a Poku situation where it's like, oh. Maybe we trade Poku for like a top 45 protected second, you know, in the way future from whoever, you know, because mm-hmm. we just need to make way for Jack White. Like, that's another thing we don't know. Because I think when we talked about who they would cut the year that Kenrich got brought in, I think Kenrich was like, probably like, oh, yeah, they're probably cutting all those guys that they got in the Stephen Adams deal, you know. Mm-hmm. And now he's like this like mainstay of the roster. And those were in much more uncertain days. Oh, with the roster, where there were just very few NBA level guys on those rosters, mm-hmm. you know that first, you know, not a fan of Charlie Brown. I mean, like some of these names on this team, like Tony Bradley, Charlie Brown Jr., Moses Brown, Gabriel Deck. You know, Hamadou Diallo doesn't have an NBA deal, at least in, unless I yeah. missed it. Like I don't think he signed with anybody. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't have an NBA deal right now. 
you know. Yeah. And he was the, one of the best players on that team. Uh, Josh Hall, you know, George Hill's not in the league anymore. Obviously, oh, he was yeah. an NBA guy. Jalen Horde, Justin Jackson, Ty Jerome, Tao Maladone, uh, Darius Miller, Svi Mihailuk, who, you know, shout to Svi. He's, he's on the Celtics now. Justin Robinson, Isaiah Roby. Like, this was a rough, rough roster, you know. Yeah. And Kenrich. How know, do they win, like, more than 20 games? It's a miracle. Or more than they 15 won, games. They won 22 games. Um, I, I wanted to have Shea. Yeah, but still. <laughs> Two, I just I also just think that Mark is just is like legitimately a good motivator and a good coach and yeah. is good at providing um a good learning environment. I guess it might be the best way that I can say it. Because so much of the coach's job is environment and yeah. order that you create within the locker room. Some of some of it is certainly X's and O's, and that's got to be a big part of it. Mm-hmm. But the the environment that Mark creates for the players, I think is something that is, one, it's underrated in, in what Mark has done. And then two, I just think that it allows these guys to just play over their heads. And that goes for some of the guys that are on the roster today. And that went for a lot of the guys that were on the roster then. Um, I just think that Mark just provides a really good, stable learning environment for those guys. And that's why I think things went so well. I mean, Ty Jerome was 42% from three on five attempts per game. You know, like he's, a, he's a nice shooter, but he's a career 35% three-point shooter. Yeah. He shot under so 30% twice. Yeah, he shot 29% the next year. Yeah. Know? But he provided an environment. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, on your Poku slander, I tend to think Poku's going to stick around and that he's going to get a chance to to play. Um, but, again, we'll find uh, out. What are the chances in your mind that he becomes a reliable seventh man on the roster? <sighs> Does he have to be a seventh man? <laughs> the ninth man. I think he can be a ninth man. Okay. I think he can be a ninth man. Okay. Would you hold on a guy that might be a ninth man? When I said seventh, he said, why? Why seventh? It's too high. It's too high. Like, this is my, exactly my point. Like, who's, who's can be the seventh man? Yeah. And he should be the seventh. Like, Jack White can be the ninth man. He can really be. So, we don't know and to that. me, seventh is that. already, yeah, let's, let's maybe move on. <laughs> because it's, it's, about, it's about opportunities. And, I mean, I know that they invested a lot in Pogo. They invested a ton, if you look at that pick. Yeah. But the returns as of now, it, it was a good pick to make. I would probably, if, if the same kind of player, not the exact same player, comes back, I would say, okay, let's try. Because it's a good good investment it's a risky but it's also if the returns are are high this can be a generational type of player maybe not generational like a, a unicorn a player that everyone everybody wants um creator tall potentially shot blogger the, the 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 shot motion looked good and still does but at some point like i really hope that he works out and I really hope that he does it in OKC. But to me, the chances are so slim 
That would be. I'm through curious. No, through Again. November, beginning part of December, he just had a really nice run and played really well. And he's blocking yeah. shots. He rebounded pretty well, shot the ball really well from deep yeah. during that stretch. And I just, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not willing to let go of that. I know his plus minus isn't good, but also the team was just kind of okay during that time. Is that all Poku's fault? Like, I don't know that's, that's all Poku's fault. No, no, you're I right. I think it's and a little also, unfair to lay all of that at the feet of, of our, of our guy Poku. No. And if you want to, to put it in another, in other terms, OKC is investing a lot in guards. And so yeah. the, the play time for Trayman is not going to be there unless yeah. he's awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a bit of a conundrum. And if Jack White is the victim of that, so be it, I would say. Uh, I'm yeah. fine with, with any of Jack, the three. Jack White's if, played 17 NBA games. Yeah. You know, he's played 17 NBA games. And and maybe that's uh maybe that's a good thing because like oh man he didn't get to show who he is, but like, he just didn't play very much at all. And like you're looking at the game logs here, I mean it's like two minutes here, it's like garbage time here, yeah, garbage yeah. time there. You know he played 15 minutes in the final game of the season for the Nuggets. In 15 minutes he had two points and eight rebounds. You know it's he's not like I don't know I'm just. I mean, that to me, he looks more like a candidate to get cut than a guy like Pope. Yeah, he would need to do certain things in order for him to be at least in the discussion. You're right. I mean, he's got to shoot. He, like he, he just has to shoot. Like if, if Jack White yeah. shoots it, then I think he makes the team. If he doesn't, then I just, if he doesn't show at least, you know, and they have like the the evaluators there. You know, they have Chip. Yeah, England if he there. goes, Paul Watson is going. He's gone. Oh yeah, yeah. If he if he if he. If he if he goes all Paul Paul Watson on this team, he's gone. He's out. He's out of here. Shout out Paul Watson. That was quite the experience. What about, yeah, that is. Well, yeah, I guess he's bringing all these shooters. Paul Watson. I mean, forty. I don't know, fifty-five percent in G League, and he, he probably missed every three that he took. He or missed close a lot. To that. He missed a lot. Paul Watson. What a guy. Yeah. He was old number eight. Too. Was he number eight? I vaguely remember too. him being number eight. Um, I don't know. Let's see. He was 27 years old. He shot 23% from three. That's oh, that seems very high. Six of 26. Six? Yeah. Wow. I don't remember any of them. He also made six two-point shots. Six of nine. Oh, that's good. Yep. Was he number eight? Um, I'm trying to look. I don't see it. Where is that on basketball reference? At the top on the... Well, I, oh, yeah, yeah. There it is. I'm sorry. Durr. Yeah, number eight. Wow. Very good. Very good okay. memory. I'm ready for the trivia on the shirts. That's J-Dub's, that's J-Dub's number. He took J-Dub's yeah. number. Wow. So there's a lot of unanswered questions with this roster. And this is kind of... And I've said this many times that... The, like one of the reasons why I just don't see the Thunder getting in on any sort of like big trade is just like there's just so many unanswered questions. Like I think yeah. a guy that's going to make an impact off the bench is Davis Bertans. Like he keeps kind of showing up, and he's a guy that gets kind of you know, given to the media to give commentary. And I just I'm like I just think I completely forgot about him. They like there are many many players. Yeah, on this roster. Yeah, there are guys, and he's he's somebody that I think could have a bounce back season. Davis Bertans had a, has had seasons where he's been a very good player, 
And yeah, I just a wonder. Millions player. Yeah, I just wonder if he can have a bounce back year here in Oklahoma City. I mean, in Washington, and this was years ago now, 1920, he averaged 15 points per game. Shooting, yeah. he took almost nine threes a game that season. Yeah. And has since tailed off significantly. But I just wonder, he to me, he's just the, the, just the type of guy that would play well under Mark Degnault, would fit in, will, if, and it, a lot of it is going to come down to what does he look like as a defender? He's not a good defender, but I think we'd say the same thing about Isaiah Joe in Philly. Like he didn't come, mm-hmm. like Isaiah Joe didn't come in here with some reputation as a good shooter from Philly. And I think Davis is going to have the chance to be used in a way defensively that maybe mitigates all the things that he's not very good at. And then he's going to have a mm-hmm. chance to really shine because like the kind of shooter that Lindy is has allowed him to stay in the league and with the Thunder. The kind of shooter that Isaiah Joe was has allowed him to have like a significant spot on this roster. And Davis Bertans... Yeah, and with all due respect yeah. for both of them, yeah, yeah, Bertans is a different level of shooter. Maybe, maybe on par with the best version of Isaiah Joe, but so much better than Lindy. Career 39.8% three-point shooter. Like, he's just flat out a good three-point shooter. And so there's always room on the Thunder for somebody like that. And so I just wonder what that looks like for them. I don't don't think that he was just salary filler for them. I think that he's somebody that they they see as like a weapon that can be used off the bench. Is he going to play every game? No. No. Is he going to play in a playoff or play-in game? Maybe not. But is he going to have like we'll spurts during the season where it's like, holy smokes, like Davis Bertans just helped the Thunder beat the Pacers tonight because he hit seven threes. Like I yeah. I would almost expect something like that to happen. Yeah. Take it again, take imagine a lineup. Suppose the Kazen is good and also yeah. a decent shooter. Yeah. You have Shea, Kazen, Dub. Bertans, Chet. Yeah. Wow. How, how do you guard that lineup? Yeah. I mean, I know that Bertans is not the shooter that he used to be. And I know that he's a sieve defensively. And he is. I mean, just, just, just don't, let's not try to, to make it um, a different argument here. And maybe he will be passable from time to time, but generally he will screw up mm. and people will get, go at him. But how do you guard offensively? Nobody will give an inch to Bertans mm-hmm. anywhere on the court. Mm-hmm. And he will start by doing the Ryan Anderson kind of thing where he was just stopping uh, from like 28 feet from the basket, 30 feet from the basket and say, okay, I'm free. Now guard me because I'm hitting those trees. Can you imagine the space that Shea has if Bertans plays that way and he's able to hit? I mean, that season in Washington was special because he made a point of hitting like 30 footers, 30, yeah, footers. Mm-hmm. And he was doing that at 36, 37%. Yeah. I mean, that is giving Shea a completely new geometry where he is guarded one-on-one because as soon as anybody closes on him, he has a good shooter that is waiting, just waiting. Yeah. I mean, look no further than our guy, Moose. Yeah, and and I I love Moose, but Bertans is a different level of shooter in terms of quickness and range. He's a better shooter 
And oh, yeah. my my point is like the Thunder found ways to like really utilize the minutes of Mike Muscala. Not that he was like so, he didn't play huge minutes for the team. He played a maximum of fifteen minutes per game for them. But yeah. when he gets to Boston, Boston just didn't use him. Yeah, I mean they just flat out did not use Mike Muscala last year, and they traded two picks for him. And you have to be very mindful about shooters. You can't just have them on the court and pray yeah. that these they will just magically improve your offense. Team teams will immediately cheat on a shooter that it's not served. Yeah. And so it, it's on the team, like it's on Shea to ignite Mike Muscala. And he used to do it a lot. Mm. As soon as he as he saw Muscala, yeah, just take five threes, Mike. I, I don't mm. possibly care. Yeah. So sorry for interrupting you. But yeah, I mean that is the key. They I mean, they they didn't play him at all in the playoffs, really. And he took a total of four threes the entire playoffs. And this is a team that played a lot of playoff games. Last year, they played three rounds. Like, they just didn't use him. And, yeah. I mean, if the Thunder were in the playoffs and they had Moose on their team, he would have certainly been used in a different way. Yeah, and, 10 minutes, three threes. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. Uh, okay. Very excited about tonight. Cannot wait to get back at the Paycom Center to see this team play. I'm very, very excited uh, to be able to be there um, and see Wimby versus Chet live in person. It's going to be a joy. It's going to be great. Uh, somebody posted in the chat that there's tickets going for six bucks. If you live in Oklahoma City, you're listening to this. You're like, I don't know. I don't really have anything to do tonight. Lawrence Field said that. Um, go to the game. Go down to the game. Get yourself some tickets. Go to the game. Uh, let's get Loud City back on top because it's uh, it's time. It's time to show back up for the team. Like this is this is it. This is the moment. Again, we're pretty close to getting the number of subscribers um, that we need for the Shea video to be released. So, if that happens during the game tonight, so be it. I'll post it there in the arena. I'll post it. I'll be ready for it. Uh, so please do subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, be sure to go get the VIP, the DTD VIP tickets for our watch party on the 25th at Bar K. You can find that link in our bio. Then also be sure to go to Down to Dunk Night. Um, please do that. It's going to be great. You can buy tickets. Uh, again, you can find those on our Twitter account. I will push those back to the top. It's going to be in just an incredible night. An incredible night. Um, hope you guys have an awesome, awesome Monday. And we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday.